0: Morning. Good morning uh, she and i went to Row mall on saturday october 26 and purchased a regular fries with gravy at twelve fifty-seven p.m at new york fries in the food court it was our ways of holding on memories of our elder son michael who was born on october 25th the christmas before he passed away i took him to do some christmas shopping at the stone mall when he finished buying all his present for us in about 15 minutes. He was so happy, and we sat down and enjoyed some New York fries with gravy. Uh, today's sermon is particularly tough for me to preach because it is very personal. I would ask each one of you to pray for me and ask God to uphold me in his power as I'm delivering the message. God has promised to never leave nor forsake us. My Lord is continuing to teach me His way, His plan, His power, His strength, His might, His faithfulness, His wisdom, His righteousness, His holiness, and most of all, His love. In the year 2000, our eldest son Michael passed away. We were thrown into the darkest part of our lives without warning. We were struggling, oh boy, did we struggle. We struggled to make sense of what happened. We struggled to arrange for the funeral. We struggled to take care of Jamie and Jennifer while we were grieving. We struggled to find another place of accommodation we struggle to find strength to go on living when there was none, and the struggle seemed to be never-ending. Psalm 23 verse 4 Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Even the first night, God spoke to me through a simple Sunday school song. Jesus loves me. All through the night, the same song kept ringing in my ear. Jesus loved me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Oh yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Everywhere we went, there were always something, some place, some memories that remind us of Michael. The pain that we felt, the hurt that we experienced, the emotion that got hold the better of us. We were suffering by holding on to our sorrow. We were numb by holding on to our sadness. We were disabled by holding on our hopelessness. Then one day, Jennifer saw me crying and comforted me with these words. Daddy, don't be sad. Michael is now in the presence of God. What is 15 years or even 100 years comparing to eternity? God was reminding me through Jennifer, that I need to let Michael go. And guess what? God loves Michael more than I love Michael. Yes, there are still the sad moments that strike us once in a while. We learn to hold on to the good memories and to cherish those precious times of Michael and his life. From one aspect, life is consisting of a series of holding on And letting go. We have to hold on to our personal integrity. We have to let go of things that are beyond our control. We have to hold on to our commitments. We have to let go of our mistakes and failures. We have to hold on to our love and kindness. We have to let go of our grudges and grumblings. Knowledge is knowing what we have to hold on sometimes and let go at other times. Wisdom is knowing when to do them. As Christians, we are also governed by these two opposing actions, holding on and letting go. A lot of problem in our Christian walk is because we are confused about these two opposing actions. We should study the scripture to get a clear understanding of God's teaching on these two opposing actions. It is important for us to know what we should be holding on and what we should be letting go. The title of this morning's message is Holding On and Letting Go. It is divided into two parts. The first part deals with holding on. We will explore Bible verses that teach us the important things to hold on. The second part is about letting go. We will examine passages of scripture that admonish us of the things to let go. So part one, holding on. During the first service, I got many confirmation about the uh, topic I preached on this morning. The first thing we are holding on is our faith. Ephesians 2, verse 8, For by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Grace is God giving us a free gift that we don't deserve. We don't deserve to be saved. We don't deserve eternal life. However, we have to receive this gift by faith. For our salvation, we have to step out in faith, to believe that our Lord Jesus Christ has died on the cross to redeem us from our sins, even though we were not there to actually witness the crucifixion, even though we have not seen the resurrected Christ after he arose from the grave. Remember when Thomas met the resurrected Christ? Our Lord uttered the following words. John 20 verse 29. Blessed are they, that have not seen, and yet have believed. The Bible gives us a working definition of faith. Hebrews eleven, verse one. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, we cannot please God. Hebrews eleven six, and without faith, it is impossible. To please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Our faith is to be ongoing living faith. Galatians two twenty. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Our faith is to be ongoing, solid faith. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promise. The evidence of our faith is our total and complete trust in God. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Holding on to the word of life. Why do we need to hold on to the word of life? It is because we can really know our true self through the Holy Scripture. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart. It is quite evident from the Scripture that, God doesn't want us to merely hold on to his word, but diligently pursuing the knowledge and understanding of it. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study, study, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What are the benefits of holding on the word of life? It is to know what we have done the right thing, please the right person, and live the right way. Philippians 2.16, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the days of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labor in vain. Holding on to our Lord. While there were many roads to Rome, there's only one way to be saved. One way that we can, re- can be reconciled to God. One way to have our sins forgiven. Jesus 14, I mean John 14:6. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Before we can hold on to our Lord, we must focus on him and him alone. Hebrews 12:2. Looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Then and only then can Christ continue to help us to grow to mature and to bear fruits. John fifteen verse one to seven Describe the holding on as, as, as abiding, the organic union that allowed the flow of nutrient, energy, and direction into the branches of our lives. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purchase it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. Verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. We can hold on to Christ, even in the midst of our disappointment, despondency, and defeat. 1 John nine, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Holding on to the fruits of the Spirit, every genuine child of God is indwelled by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. The Holy Spirit does not just take up residence, residence in us to be there, The Holy Spirit is there as a teacher. The Holy Spirit is there as a guide. The Holy Spirit is there as a messenger. The Holy Spirit is there as a light. The Holy Spirit is there to help us to bear fruit when we listen, obey, and yield. Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Are we to bear fruit only for the sake of bearing fruit? No, we are to bear fruit so that we can share those fruits with others. We are to use those fruits to further the kingdom of God. We are to hold on to those fruits As witness of the presence of Christ in our lives Galatians 5 25 if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit holding on meeting together is it the desire of our heart to worship God with other saints together every Sunday If you have allowed the things of this world to impede you from fellowship with God's children, you will feel the weakness of giving in to temptations. You will feel the propensity to sin. You will sense the action of dishonouring the Lord. Holding on, meeting together with other Christians is paramount to our health and growth. Hebrews 10.25 not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as ye see the day approaching. We must meet regularly. We must do the right things according to the New Testament when we meet. Acts 2.42 And they continue steadfastly in the Apostles' Doctrine and Fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Holding on to our assurance of salvation. I don't think that I can live a life with the constant thought that I may lose my salvation. When God saved me, he did not save to the uttermost. According to many passages in the Bible, we can rest assured that with the genuine professional of our faith, once we are saved, we are forever saved. Our assurance of salvation began with the hearing of the word and belief on the Lord Jesus Christ. John five twenty-four, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sends me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. There is no greater peace than knowing we are truly secure in our salvation. John chapter 10, verse 28 to 30. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father... Who gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's head. I am my Father, a One. We can hold on to the assurance of our salvation by living a life that revolutionizes our perspective, the circumstances in our lives. Romans eight thirty eight and thirty nine. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, holding on to his second coming. Are you living your life with hopes, expectation, and yearnings? Our Lord has paid the penalty of our sins. He has risen to claim victory over death. He is sitting at the right hand of God in the sitting on our behalf. He went to prepare a place for us. Let's hold on to his second coming. John 14, 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, that ye may be also. Part 2 Letting go. Letting go our wealth. It is not a sin to be rich, but it is dishonoring to the law to have the wrong motivations. An intention regarding wealth. What do you treasure in your lives? Where is your heart? Matthew 6, 19 to 21. Lay not up for yourself treasure upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Is wealth the goal of your life? Does wealth distract you from serving God? Does wealth affect your relationship with God? We have to learn to let go of wealth. Look. Chapter 12, verse 16 to 21. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my bonds and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Verse 19. And I will say to my soul, So thou hast much good there for many years. Take thy ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be? which thou hast provided. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Letting go our wisdom. Our wisdom is nothing comparing to God's. That is very clear from the scripture. Isaiah 55, verse eight and nine. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The Apostle Paul, one of the wisest men in his days, teaches us to let go of our own wisdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 to 8. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech, Or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Verse 6. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Letting go our reputation. Are you you doing things to make a name for yourselves? Are you serving God to earn praises from others? Are you gathering people around you to follow your ideas, your thinking, and your ways of doing things? Or are you pointing others to Christ, the Savior and the Shepherd? Please let go of our reputation. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, Sought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." Letting go our strength. How is our strength stack up against God? We are nothing comparing to our Almighty God. First Corinthians: 125: Because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. We have to learn to let go of our strength and in our allowing Christ to work through us. Ephesians 6 10, finally my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And Philippians 4 13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. We honor the Lord, not by our strength, but by his spirit. Our success is letting go our strength and heeding the guidance of the Spirit. Zechariah 4, 6, Not by might, not by power, but, but, uh, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Letting go our family Letting go of our children is one of the hardest lessons for parents. With Jamie, Mary, living and working in Hong Kong on the other side of the globe, we have our worries and concern. With Jennifer, Mary, living and working in Calgary, we have our reservation and anxiety. I remember reading about Tozer's life when the youngest child was Becky after her six boys. The following is an excerpt from Tozer's biography. Tozer went on to tell how they decided to dedicate Becky to the Lord. We dedicated her formally in the church service, but she was still mine. Then the day came when I had to die to my Becky, my little Rebecca. I had to give her up and turn her over to God to take if He wanted her at any time. When I made that awful, terrible dedication, I didn't know that God would take her for me, but He didn't. She was safer after I gave her up than she had ever been before. If I had clung to her, I would have jeopardized her. But when I opened my hands and said with tears, You can have her, God. The dearest things I have. She became perfectly safe. God is sovereign. He is all-knowing, all-powerful and everywhere present. Letting go of our family and committing them to God Give us the peace. Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills, whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which make heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in, from this time forth and even for forevermore. Letting go the world. Don't let the things of this world ensnare you. All things of this world are temporal and temporary. Aim for things that matter in eternity. First John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away. And the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Letting go the flesh. a define lust as living under Satan's temptation. Giving to flesh and carnality is not effective witnessing. Letting go and crucifying flesh with his affection and lust are paramount in our Christian lives. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to 21. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adul- adultery, phonification, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, immolation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Letting go our accomplishments. There are only two things that matter when you die, whom you love and who loves you accomplishments do not come into play at all. The eye that focuses on Christ does not see itself at all. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. But what things were gained to me, those I counted laws for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but laws for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do them but dumb, that I may win Christ. What I say has little significance. What God teaches from his holy book is of the utmost importance. You have learned the difference between holding on and letting go. You have also learned what you should hold on and what you should let go. We don't get reward by knowing God's word. We got reward by obeying his words. It would be pretty embarrassing to find ourselves going feet feet up first when rapture comes. Pray to God and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you to apply the lesson you have learned today. Amaz, can I ask you to close in prayers? And then we will sing Hymn 382 in the red hymnal, for I know whom I have believed in.
1: Heavenly Father, thank you for this message which you laid, laid on Chris's heart this morning. pray that you would help each of us to follow up and do according to your words that you've spoken through Chris today. Help us to remember to hold on to you, to your word all that it teaches I know here in this room we know it pretty well and help us to be consistent with that and to let go of the things of this world and our flesh and our desires that are of this life and to look forward to the life that is to come because this life is insignificant compared to the one that is coming and we so look forward to that. Pray that you would bless Chris and Chief for this message, and him sharing his heart this morning. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 8 yeah,
0: 382 in the right hymnal.